0: Ramble.
1: I can confidently leave my cards at home because I have my iPhone. From grabbing my morning matcha to catching a ride to the office or from picking up lunch with friends to picking up the tab at happy hour, I simply tap with Apple Pay. Easily add your cards in the wallet app and you're ready. Just double click the side button, smile for face ID and tap to pay. It's as easy as looking in the mirror. With each tap, your card number and your purchases stay secured. Pay the Apple way with your compatible device anywhere. Contactless payment is accepted.
0: Bada bing, bada boom.
1: It's a minisode. So this week's minisode, I'm just gonna drop you right in. This is an urban legend in a small town in Maine, Little North Pond. So they've got these beautiful lakes, these beautiful mountains filled with trees. I mean, just truly a natural oasis. And they have this campfire. This is how I see it going down. Picture Boy Scouts with me, sitting around a campfire, talking about some shit. They say, gather around, everyone. Grab your flashlights. Did you know, in these very woods, there's a man living in complete isolation. He watches you through the dark shadows of the tree. He just stalks you, stares at you. You don't even see him. You just maybe see his eyes moving, flickering looking straight into your soul and when he finds the perfect time he breaks into your cabin he breaks into your house and he starts taking small things never anything big maybe you don't even realize that your house has been broken into but it's too late See, this urban legend doesn't come from nowhere, right? The families with summer cabins near the North Little Pond, they were noticing some strange things. I mean, I feel like we've asked this question a million times before. What would you do if you were the worst, most evil burglar that ever existed and you could break into someone's house and steal one thing, one item? It's not a high-value item. It has to be an item that's going to drive the homeowner insane. Like, how is this missing?
0: I think they're all taking socks.
1: You think it's socks? You think <laughs> we're getting broken into every time I do the laundry and someone's just taking that one sock, yeah. that one good sock too. Like we have so many cheap socks. Those never go missing. It's always the <laughs> <a> nice sock. <laughs> and we talked about it, maybe like prescription eyeglasses. That's terrifying. You know, what else is there? Well, this is exactly what was happening in Maine in this small town. People's cabins were being broken into. And there were instances. This is how I see it going down, right? Imagine this. Hey, John, uh, where's our flashlight? And you go outside, but it's gone. Oh, well, I'm sure one of the kids misplaced it. Next door in another house. Hey, babe, I told you to put the steaks in the freezer. They're not in the freezer. No, I just checked. They're not in the freezer. Well, where could they be? We literally just bought them. That doesn't make sense. Did you grill up the steaks from the freezer? Frozen meat from our freezer? That's strange another family comes home one day and they have bunk beds for their kids
0: <laughs> where's the bed
1: <laughs> no one of the mattresses just one of the mattresses is missing they been there, this is really awkward but uh have you seen my playboy magazine just that one magazine nothing else is missing but my playboy magazine have you seen it sometimes it was a book magazines national geographic magazines listen that's nothing there was another couple who said hey I had that mattress stolen from me But we also had a backpack stolen We start freaking out Because that's where we were hiding our passports All of our, you know, that's like our emergency go kit We need our passports to take that backpack So we start freaking out They took our passports This is identity theft This is like a criminal organization Wait,
0: So they think somebody took it?
1: I mean, it's missing The backpack with the passports is completely missing
0: okay. They ask
1: all of their friends and family It's gone But okay. they, they keep looking in that closet They notice that someone, the thief had left neatly all of their passports just tucked into the side of the closet. But the backpack that it was in is missing. What the fork is that about? Another family comes home. They try turning on the TV. The damn remote isn't working. Okay, that's weird. Is it hot in here or is it just me? Let's turn on the fan. They get the remote. The remote isn't working. Hey, did you notice our clock on the wall isn't moving? What's going on with that? So they check everything and every single battery in the house had been taken from every single remote, from anything that requires batteries. Those AA batteries, those AAA batteries were stolen. So what do you do? I mean, you search the rest of the house. You notice, well, my laptop's here. My computer's here. My TV is here. This person straight up just stole all of the batteries in the house and vanished. That's it. Bizarre. So slowly, this urban legend starts taking taking storm, this entire town by storm. They called the thief the mountain man at first, then it was a hungry man. Then he became known as the hermit. That's just what they called him, the hermit. It became so big that whenever people filed police reports for a break in, the police had no idea who this person was. They wrote for the first name Hermit, the last name Hermit. So who do you think this guy is? You know, there's so many different theories. Is he some sort of kleptomaniac neighbor, like some neighbor who just loves the thrill of stealing bullshit? They never steal any valuables. I mean, what is that about? Is that what's going on? Maybe this is some sort of like gang initiation. You've got to break into a house and steal something like a box of cereal. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's what it is. Whoever it was, there was only one thing that this town of Maine knew. It was that this has been happening for decades, over 25 years.
0: And never got caught.
1: Never got caught. Who breaks into a house to steal some Oreos and some batteries? Because burglarizing is a felony. Like, this is a felony risk that you're taking. And why are they doing it to the same little town for over 25 years?
0: And until... until he was
1: caught and an absolute storm just erupts okay so there's a really good documentary called the hermit and the last true hermit it goes by both but more importantly there is this book called the stranger in the woods by a reporter by the name of michael finkel i know exactly what you're thinking i was thinking that too i was like wait why does his name sound so familiar are you thinking that yes it's because he was involved in a crime not as a journalist Okay, I'm going to move your brain cells. Michael Finkel. So there was a man by the name of Christian Longo. He was on the FBI's top 10 most wanted because he was accused of murdering his wife and children. He Mm -hmm. goes on the run. He's a fugitive. And guess what he tells people? Nice to meet you. I'm Michael Michael Finkel. Finkel. And I'm a reporter for the New York Times. Yes. Eventually, Michael Finkel gets word of this, the real Michael Finkel. And he he wants to reach out to this person. Like, why are you stealing my identity? Yes did you kill your wife and kids so they i mean he reports on this he does a whole book on it brad pitt buys it turns it into a movie called true story with James james franco jonah hill felicity jones
0: and that's a total separate story from today's yeah, story yes but
1: i'm just i know that name was gonna ring a bell right he worked with national geographic i mean this reporter the real michael finkel is really really cool he wrote a book called the stranger in the woods also has a really good GQ article on this case. He did nine separate prison interviews for this book, interviewed practically the whole town, that whole little town in Maine, put a lot of work into it. And you can tell because there's so many details on how everything gets done. Obviously, we're not going to go that deep dive, but I mean, this is such a fascinating case and I know that you guys love the deep dives. This is probably the best way to get it is to read The Stranger in the Woods by Michael Finkel. So let's get into the crime. Now, solitary confinement. That's going to be a topic today. There are a ton of studies that show that solitary confinement is probably just as traumatizing and damaging to a brain as, let's say, blunt force trauma to the head. Like, it's that devastating. Within days, even the most strong-minded people can start experiencing psychosis. I feel like we know solitary confinement or just being isolated through crime through prisons that's where you hear about it i mean this is like the most extreme form of punishment that american prisons will give you and it works i mean it's practically torture people will start doing anything people will start losing their eyesight because they can't see far they're just in this tiny little room they see the same things over and over again their inmates when they're in solitary confinement they start laying on the ground just so that they can stick one eyeball close to that tiny crack Mm. underneath that door because the biggest excitement the most stimulation that they get the evidence that they are alive in the real world is someone walking by they don't even see the person they don't get to talk to the person just to see that foot walk by Mm. there's inmates that report you know a wasp will fly into their cell somehow yeah prison break they'll feed it they'll start talking to this wasp treating it like a pet it's a freaking wasp it's not even a bumblebee so when you're in solitary confinement, the cells are very far apart. You really can't hear each other. It's not like a normal gen pop prison cell where you can talk to each other. So they'll start screaming through the little drain pipes, trying to get any sort of interaction with people, but they can barely talk because their vocal cords are that weak. So within an hour, they completely lose their voice.
0: Why are they so weak?
1: Because they don't talk.
0: Oh, oh, seriously. When if you're you in don't...
1: solitary confinement. Oh, so so you quickly after a while, lose your voice. you
0: lose the ability to talk.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can still talk, but it it puts so much strain. People would rather, I mean, it's been reported by people who have actually been in solitary confinement. They would rather have the worst inmate, the worst fellow prisoner, the most abusive, the most intimidating, evil person in the room with them, rather than being alone. And the feeling is because you start having this sinking feeling that you don't exist. Like nothing makes sense. What even is life? Am I even real? Like, how do I know I'm not in this like brain fog? Am I losing my mind? So they start doing things such as rubbing feces on the walls, banging their heads just to feel something, hurting themselves, and a lot of the times attempting to take their own lives. And yeah, we're talking about the case where this might be the very last true hermit in the world. That's what this case is known for. I know that there is a lot of um, different groups of people that may live in islands that haven't been colonized, right? That's a little bit different because they're not living in solitary confinement. Like they're not living in solitude Mm -hmm. or you have religious people who will go and live a life of solitude. But a lot of the times they are with fellow
0: members, fellow members.
1: But this guy might be the last one. Now the town of Maine took this in various ways. Some of the victims were straight up pissed. Their kids were terrified. This is their safe place. This is the place that they come to in the summers to get some peace of mind. I mean, yeah, nothing valuable was taken, but how about... What I feel, I feel violated. How do I know that he's not armed and dangerous? We don't even know this guy. Other victims, they just kind of got used to it. They felt like he was harmless. They started this cute little idea where they would hang some paper and pens on the front door and they would write grocery list. Just tell us what you need and we'll leave it out on the porch next time. But he never wrote anything. Overall, most of them started doing what they called hermit proofing, installing security cameras, alarms, cameras. Just, it was a lot of work, right? The town wanted to catch this guy. So we're talking about Terry Cruz, the police officer. Oh, no, Terry Hughes. Terry Cruz is the actor. (laughs) Terry Hughes, the police officer. He made it his life mission to catch the hermit. Everyone kept complaining to him. Come on, Officer Terry. What the fork are you doing? You busy eating donuts? Catch the hermit. It's just one dude. It's not even a gang, right? Is it an urban legend? What's going on? So he calls in help from two different county sheriff's office, state police. He even started talking to Border Patrol. What do you guys think I should do? The normal stuff isn't working. Uh, We tried fingerprinting. We tried doing this. We tried telling the community to to get some security systems. Nothing is working. He's breaking into into homes at alarming rates. Border Patrol gives him some uh, highly sensitive, accurate sensors. And says here. This should help. So he starts up placing them at a center called Pine Tree Kitchen, which is known to be the hermit's Costco. He'll just go in there and take tubs of food just straight up like he's grocery shopping. So he sets up these alarms behind like the little ice cream machine behind the drink fountain and the alarm sensors would be in Terry's house. So he gets real time alerts. But he's still terrified what if i don't get there in time what if i get there and this hermit goes on the run what if he sees my car lights so he starts practicing this rehearsal driving from his house this police officer driving from his house to pine tree center which is a place for disabled children and adults it's like a summer camp right so he'd drive there he'd ditch his car halfway run the rest of the way no flashlights in the dark just practicing this i'm gonna get this guy i mean what kind of dude just breaks into a summer camp for disabled people and steals all their food. That doesn't make sense Yeah, It's food, but it's the principle. It's the law. He waits for his chance. Two weeks later, one in the morning, Terry, I keep wanting to say Terry Cruz, Terry Hughes is in bed with his wife. The alarm goes off. He's got a go bag ready, grabs it, runs into his truck, drives halfway there, abandons the truck, runs on foot. He gets there and he's looking through the windows. Sure enough, After 20 years, he spots the hermit rummaging through the freezer of Pine Tree Camp. And Officer Terry just kind of stops in his tracks. He's always pictured a mountain man. That's what the urban legend is. He's like this creepy dude with a crazy beard, crazy hair, and he's just smelly, waiting to sneak into your house. Like, that's why kids are terrified. But the guy that he's looking at, he's got this freshly shaven face. He's wearing glasses, looked almost nerdy. Dare I say, nerdy? Very um. He looks not threatening. Looked super clean. Looked like he just got out of a uh, five seasons, a uh, four seasons. Five seasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing too much. <laughs> this is not the type of guy that you would expect to live in the woods. Not even in like a van in the woods. What's going on right now? So he waits for this man to exit the facility and starts screaming, "Get on the ground! Get on the ground now!" And he tackles him. He calls for backup. They come, the other officers help handcuff this man. He doesn't put up a fight at all. They bring him back into the facility. They call up the directors of this facility. I mean, this is a small town. They're just they're trying to get the word out. I mean, it was obvious that he had committed a crime. There were already stolen goods inside of his pocket, inside of his backpack. He was rummaging through the freezer. This is the hermit. So they're like, "Give me your ID. We want your identification. We want to know who is this man finally." So he gives them their wallet. And it's just no ID, nothing No credit card, no debit card, no bank card Just molded money Close to $400 in moldy money What in the world? Like that doesn't make sense What's going on? Hello? Can you please answer us? They're like, okay, well this this hermit legend, my ass Like the urban legend is fake That's what the cops are thinking Is he
0: talking at all?
1: No they're all just standing around him. Like, come on, say something. And they're like, this is, the urban legend is fake. This just proves it. Everything that this town has been talking about for the past two decades is fake. This is a man who probably lives in a neighboring town or maybe comes into our town, stays in a motel to burglarize the shit out of a community. You don't even smell, dude. Like, that's what they're telling him. Like, what, what is going on? This isn't the hermit. He's wearing nice clothes, blue jeans with a brown belt. He's got an L.L. Bean backpack on just looks like a normal guy
0: except not talking
1: yeah so officer diane she decides okay let's clear the room maybe we're overwhelming this guy like i just want to get some answers so she kicks everyone out and she's sitting with him she has been on this case for the past 18 years it's personal she's curious she wants answers what's your name christopher thomas knight what's your address why
0: does it sound so fake to me <laughs> No Is this
1: real name <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> what's that's that's the name i would give
1: <laughs> I, this really feels like batman or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's your address none okay um then where do you get your mail your tax returns disability checks like do you get any of that no okay where do you live the woods how long uh decades so she's getting a little bit anxious she's like be more specific i mean since when what what is a decade 10 years just 10 years how many years and the response that she gets back is weird he looks at her and says what year was chernobyl nuclear plant disaster so she's thinking to himself like what the fork who is this guy Like, is he some sort of environmentalist that's pissed off at the nuclear disaster? Does he have the nuclear codes? Like, this is very alarming of an answer. And so she Googles it on her phone. It was 1986, 27 years ago. Oh, okay. then I've been in the woods for 27 years. How old are you now? So she starts doing the math, realizes that this man entered the woods almost freshly out of high school at 20 years old. And now there is a 47 year old man in front of her who has spent more than half of his life in the woods.
0: What?
1: Okay, so you were in the woods. Why? Why? You don't. How do you eat? Is it you're just breaking into here and getting food from this place? Where's the money in your wallet from then? You know, she's just trying to get these plot holes. She's I mean, it's hard to believe such a statement. So she's trying to figure out, can I catch him in a lie? That's what police officers are trying to do. So how how did you get the money then? Well, I gathered it over the years. A few bills here, a few bills there. I mean, I never really took more than like five dollars every time I broke into a place. Why would you even take the money? I mean, it's more of a safety net. So in case you had to walk out in town and buy something... He needed a safety net. But in reality, he has never spent a dime in the past 27 years. Not one penny was spent. So this causes the question, okay, if you took $5 every time that you broke in somewhere, how many places did you break into? And he's just sitting there straight up honest about 40 times a year for the past 27 years. She does the math. That's 1,080 break-ins. That's 1,080 felonies. This is the biggest burglary bust in Maine history. I mean, yeah, all he did take was some groceries, some hot dogs, some frozen steaks.
0: How does he break in and get out so easily? That's what I want to know.
1: So they're like, what is going on? They run a background check. This man really is Christopher Knight. No criminal record, no arrests, no warrants, absolutely nothing. From the outside, if you were just a regular police officer, pulled him over in a traffic stop, he looks like a well-abiding citizen. And he just admitted to one of the biggest burglary cases in Maine history. The only thing that he had that belonged to him and that he didn't steal were his eyeglasses.
0: And he had it after 27 years? Yeah. So That's you're thinking, pretty impressive.
1: Exactly. So you're thinking, what I'm thinking is like, who is this guy? Why is he in the woods? Is he some sort of like conspiracy theorist? What's going on? Is he a spiritual person? Was he trying to find himself in the woods? I just don't understand. 27 years. So Christopher Knight's childhood is very very normal he grew up in a rural town in maine um for every person there were two cows in this town so it was relatively rural and chris was the youngest of five children they lived that quintessential country life they would cut their own logs because they had to put it in their fireplace at home you know pitch their own berries and fruit they fix their own tractors i mean they were really resourceful that is what i will say about the knight family and they were all really freaking smart so smart. I mean, the parents valued education. They were considered bookworms. All of them. All they did was just read, 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 read. People called them a family of brainiacs, which is like a really high compliment. I feel like every family has like that one smart person and then everybody else is an idiot. I'm the, the idiot all in families mine. Oh, yeah. You're like, I've seen some families where there's not. Uh,
0: yeah, like,
1: like my. <laughs> so the whole family was just a family of brainiacs. And some of this stuff really helped prep. Christopher for his future. The family built their own greenhouse for plants. They fixed scrap metal, very resourceful people as a unit though. They were incredibly isolated. I mean, yeah, they had a ton of land. This is a rural area, but they were obsessed with privacy. So their closest neighbor told Michael Finkel, I have lived next to them for 14 years. I am the closest neighbor to them in distance. I have yet. I mean, they've got like five kids, you know, I have yet to say hello to any member of that family. I I don't even see them I don't even know that they exist most of the time they're Mm -hmm. so private so Chris grew up just super shy nerdy according to all the classmates that were interviewed by Michael there was a speculation that he wasn't allowed to show emotions growing up Uh, there was no evidence of any abuse traumatic incidents sexual abuse there was nothing in his life that could prep you for oh he hates society like he's gonna leave I mean the parents were a little bit strict they had some strange rules like no junk food (laughs) So uh, it, this caused them to come up with some very, very creative master plans. The night kits, they would call up their cousins. They'd say, hey, come to my bedroom and I'm going to lower down a hook. The, the cousins would wait with a bag filled with just like 7-Eleven stuff, I'm assuming. Just sodas, junk food, Doritos, Cheetos. And the kids would hook it onto that bag, just fish it up into their bedroom. <laughs> I mean, these poor kids were never allowed to even drink a soda in their entire life. Not even when they went out to eat. But through all of this, you're thinking, well, maybe Christopher just loves nature. He just wants to be in the woods. His dream in life was to become a computer technician. Like, he really wasn't the type that hated technology. He didn't hate society. He just wanted to go off and do his own thing. It just kind of happened. After high school, he buys a new car. Loved it. This is like, you know, he's one of those typical 19-year-old kids. Freaking loves that car to death. He gets a nice job. But one day... He picks up his last check, goes into his car without telling his family, without telling his coworkers. Nobody knows anything. And he starts driving 20 years old, not really thinking what's going on. Just drives, drives, drives. He ends up in Florida from Maine. He ends up in Florida. So he's looking around like, how did I get to Florida? Gets back into the car. Okay, never mind. I don't really like Florida. Starts driving back up north. The radio's playing. Everything on the radio is just talking about the recent Chernobyl nuclear disaster. That's all over the news. Gets back to Maine, drives by the family house one more time. But instead of stopping, he just keeps driving. He keeps driving into the wooded area in Maine and drove as far into nature that he could with his car until he ran out of gas. He had no preparation. He just had a tent in the trunk. He didn't even have a backpack. He didn't have a compass. He had nothing, just a tent that he always kept in his trunk. Gets out, leaves the keys with the car, grabs his tent and just starts wandering in the woods. So when Michael Finkel asked him, why did you leave? Like, why did you do that that day? Mm -hmm. He said, it's still a mystery. I can't explain my actions. I had no plans when I left. I wasn't thinking of anything. I just did it. Wow. So he sets up camp, right? He could hunt. He was good at hunting, but he didn't bring a gun. He could fish, but he didn't bring a fishing hook or a fishing line or anything. And Maine really is not the place to have like vegetables. You just don't pick like fresh berries. It's just not that type of place. It's not that type of vegetation. So he starts eating roadkill, just eating roadkill. And most of the time it was raw. Then he would like start sneaking into people's gardens because the hunger was so overwhelming. And he would just pick little carrots, little green onions from the garden and munch on those. And he could have easily stayed like this and told some family. You know, you're thinking, well, Christopher, why don't you just go back home and prep for this? Like have a couple months where you think of how you're going to do this. Bring some fishing lines.
0: Yeah, there's TV shows. You can go on there and win some money.
1: Yeah. But his whole thing was <laughs> survival. or Is that what it's called? Yeah, survivor. Yeah thing was either you're hidden or you're not
0: either you're hidden or you're not
1: for him to even tell his family about his plan is mm-hmm. that he's not hidden he's connected to the world still
0: so he wants it seems to be like hidden he, did, he
1: wanted to be hidden
0: so he does have a goal yeah. he does have a mission
1: but why does he want to be hidden that's a big question yeah. only he knows and he hasn't told anyone
0: Wow.
1: So he has a couple different campsites, but eventually for the greater part of 20 plus years, he has one main campsite, his house. And oddly, it was only a three minute walk from the nearest cabin. If you took a shortcut. So this is it's it's strange because What do you mean he has like a house? He starts building a little tent.
0: Oh he built something. Yeah,
1: that he'd stayed in for over twenty years. And you're oh, crazy. I'm gonna wow. give you the lowdown on this place. It was on private property. It wasn't even on public property. He gets his campsite ready. There's these huge rocks. That's why he chose it all around this little area. Some of these rocks, these boulders, were bigger than the size of cars. So this is, it's hard to even get to his campsite. You've got to be climbing over these like slimy boulders. You slip, you fall, you break your ankle, you're dead. You're not dead, but you get the idea. So it's just not a place to hike. It's not Mm -hmm. where people are just going to wander off. There's moss all over the place. There's twigs. And if you wander anywhere near his campsite, he would know. Because he would hear you. Because the twigs would break. There's poison ivy everywhere, thorns. In summer, the mosquitoes get so bad. The bugs, the flies would get so bad that if you were to open your mouth, you're probably going to eat a bug.
0: How does he live in an environment like that?
1: So he's got to make this little tent the perfect place. I mean, everyone in town was looking for Christopher the hermit, but they knew they could not find him. It doesn't matter if you had the best tracker the best hunter the best search and rescue team he never left a trace he never left a footstep he never even broke a twig to indicate someone stepped on this twig wow and he could do it all in the dark eventually without even the moonlight He knew exactly where to step. I mean, he truly became one with nature. Later, he would lead the police to the campsite and they knew that this guy was the real deal. Like his story was real. He lived here because the way that they saw him in the zone just walking through the woods, not one twig snapped. It was like he was in a trance. So Christopher created this flooring, right? Because that's the most important. I'm literally going to build it like an architect for you. And Michael Finkel goes in depth on how this was done. He had this flooring that was made out of what he called bricks, which were stacks of magazines that he had already read. And he had bundled them together, put them all over the ground so that if it were to rain, there's a place for the water to drain. He put a little carpet over the magazines. The walls of the tent were made out of tarp, garbage bags that he stole. And the house itself was 12 by 13. 10 feet long. I mean, this is a pretty extensive tent, right? He had a kitchen, a little sitting area, and a bedroom. The kitchen, he had these little camp stoves. He stole propane tanks from people's grills. I mean, it, it became such a thing that in Maine, if you were to grill in the summer, it's just a list. Oh, the hermit probably took our propane tank. Like, we got to buy one at the start of summer. Because he took our propane tank. <laughs> <laughs> he had cooking supplies a frying pan a cast iron frying pan he got he had a mug paper towels, strainers pots i mean this is kind of bizarre no in his bedroom he had a twin-sized mattress on a metal bed frame i he stole a whole bed i'm assuming he stole yeah. a whole ass metal bed and dragged it to his tent site somehow he had a doormat like one of those welcome home doormats <laughs> yeah. at the front of his tent.
0: He's really like Animal Crossing this yeah,
1: <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> The Animal Crossing. His bed was comfortable. They said that when the police found it, he had Tommy Hilfiger pillowcases on his real pillows, multiple sleeping bags, blankets, a nightstand with all of his favorite books that he had stolen. He even had a little grooming section, a razor, detergents for his clothes, soap, shampoo, toilet paper right next to hand sanitizer. Toothbrush, toothpaste, everything. He had a system that he collected rainwater in these thirty-gallon garbage cans. He would shower with it, drink with it, clean with it. And when it turned green, uh-huh. he would still drink it by boiling it with tea bags that he stole. He was drinking tea. This guy was drinking tea.
0: So then, w- when the water turns green, you just gotta boil it with tea bags, and I that turns guess. into. <laughs> Like, moss tea? (laughs)
1: Yeah. No, it's fascinating about this is that um, the police showed him a picture of himself, a yearbook picture, just so they could confirm that this is the real man, right? Mm -hmm. And he stared at it for just so long, just staring deep into that picture. And they're like, what is going on? Why is he being so weird? It's because he had no mirror. For the past 27 years, he forgot what he looked like. He hadn't Mm -hmm. seen himself. And he told them that sometimes he would see like a blurry reflection in the water, but... That was it. Now, he
0: didn't just steal a mirror, huh?
1: No. And he said that life, I mean, life is fascinating for this guy. So not once did he go to a doctor in 27 years. He never broke a bone. He said that he had a pretty bad fall once where he hurt his arm, didn't break, couldn't do much for a month, like couldn't even pick up a spoon. But that was it. Never got sick. And he claims it's because he didn't have human contact. So, you know, I mean, we're going through it right now. Or maybe with the common cold, you get it from another human typically. mm He let bruises and cuts just heal on their own. The whole time, 27 years, he said that he never talked to himself. Never wanted to listen to the sound of his voice. Never really hummed. Never sang. He only said one word in 27 years. He was out hiking and he comes across another hiker on the trail.
0: Uh So he's
1: thinking to himself, okay, this is weird if I don't say hi. Uh So he says, hi. That's it. 27 years. One hi- that's, That's it.
0: crazy.
1: Never talk to himself. Never sing. I mean, for this some is odd reason,
0: I, f- I find it interesting.
1: But I mean, I feel like I would talk to myself or sing.
0: Oh, yeah, you would. I know you or would.
1: I feel like after a day, I'd be like, does this thing still work? Hello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder how long I will last.
1: I thought you were going to say, that's my dream. And I'm like, you are marrying the wrong person. <laughs> You're with me. The, the absolute worst match in history. Then, If that's yeah. your dream. <laughs> he never lit a fire in 27 years because he was scared that the smoke would lead people to him. So main winters are no joke. Wait, what do you mean
0: he has a little grill, no?
1: I mean, it's, it's one of those like our propane gas grills. But it's not a fire because there's no smoke with these grills. So he could only cook food, but he can't really use that as warmth. Mm. never had a fire and main winters are no joke. There's massive snowfall. I mean, there's ice, there's hail, there's everything. You could easily freeze to death in these woods, mm-hmm. but never. When he needs food, he would do this thing where he'd go out in the middle of the night. He would choose days that the moonlight was weak. He didn't want a full moon. He wanted it to be as dark as possible because he could travel in the pitch darkness, but the people who might chase him into the woods, they can't. They would lose him. Now, he stated to Michael Finkel that he absolutely hated breaking into people's houses. But I guess at the time, he felt like there was no choice. He's got to gather these supplies for the winter. During the winter months, it was freezing so much that he would barely leave his tent. So he's got to prep for essentially a hibernation, got to stock up on food for months for the whole winter months. So his entire summer and spring months were just him prepping for food for the winter months. And the winter months were insane. You would think, oh, well, maybe at night you just sleep it off, right? That's that's what Michael Finkel was asking. Is that what you did during these winter months? Because people don't believe that you can survive something like this. And he stated that if you sleep during this, you might not make it out alive. So he would actually sleep really early at night, wake up at 2 in the morning. That's when it gets the coldest. Mm -hmm. And he would just pace around the tent to get his blood pumping.
0: That's crazy.
1: Is that not insane?
0: I mean, this this sounds like the, the Survivor show. That- it
1: sounds like something that you would have to be forced to do. Like, yeah. uh, like the food wasn't really nutritious either. So he's not getting like the most fit, you know, fresh fish, fresh, you know, <laughs> garden vegetation. He was just eating people's pantry goods like mac and cheese, spices, chocolate bars, tater tots, baked beans, graham crackers, Mountain Dew. That's what he ate for 27 years. He said that he didn't even care. You have to have self-control when you do stuff like this. You can't be picky about what you eat. Even the police reports about these break-ins said that there was some unusual neatness about this place. So if he were to break in and he unhooks an entire door, Mm because these are cabins. This is a small town in Maine. You're not talking about these massive fortresses. He would unscrew a door to break in and he would take the time to screw the door completely back before leaving
0: yeah so that's my question like what what is his feeling towards breaking it he doesn't want to break it but he has no
1: choice but he will break in in. his mind
0: so when he breaks him but he doesn't take any valuables No What does he He only takes what Like Food what's his Food, batteries
1: rule of Oh it's the one valuables That he would essentially steal Are compasses and watches And randomly Game Gameboys uh, the, the little toys right The yes. little video game things But he said that he would wait Until make sure That they weren't of value Like if he saw a Rolex Laying around He would never take it uh-huh. It had to be like One of those really Just whatever watches
0: To tell time
1: Just completely dinged up Just so he can tell time
0: Uh, and game boy is to kill time
1: yes to kill time (laughs) but he would make sure that they were like editions old like they just looked dusty it didn't Uh look like the kids played with them they're just in the storage Uh. so he would take it because it's not the kids so he has
0: he has like morals
1: yeah it's confusing like he's got morals but he doesn't have morals so
0: his thing is i don't want to cause any what trauma or any i mean he is
1: causing trauma because he is breaking into people's houses but i think his thing was i don't want to ruin their lives yeah i just need to take what i should i see which if you don't consider in the fact of like i mean this is one of my biggest fears is a home invasion because that's peace of mind being completely destroyed if you factor that out technically he is harmless Mm -hmm. he's taken supplies that really don't matter much
0: right right
1: right i mean it's fascinating he loved reading so he would steal a ton of books any book that he could get his hand on science fiction spy novels military books history books textbooks that's what he did in his free time was just read 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 that's it he loved it so much now it's fascinating is for someone who loved reading books he did not consider this a spiritual awakening He didn't want to document it you know how sometimes authors Mm. will go into the woods and they'll write about their solitude i'll be like this is what i learned day one (laughs) of being alone in the woods (laughs) day two of being alone in the woods right he never talked to himself never went out there to find himself never thought about writing in a journal never thought about documenting any of it most of the time he stated i did nothing i didn't do anything i didn't think of anything and he stated that in 27 years he was never bored
0: what
1: is this is not going crazy on? I, I don't like, i
0: don't understand
1: i think this makes it crazier because in i mean he was caught recently you want to say like 2012 right the fact that he was not bored i mean even in 2012 we were all so attached to our phones yeah but he said nope not bored some strange things to consider he had never been on a date before he left So we can assume he's never had, like, his first kiss or anything. I mean, this man had commitment.
0: See, what's also interesting is when you're reading, Mm -hmm. you're taken into this world, right? Yes. So, you know, you gotta, you're, so he's learning all these different feelings and experiences, emotions, but he doesn't try to experience it himself. He doesn't get, like, you know, oh, I wish I can do this. I wish I can go here. I can, I can try this. He doesn't get that.
1: He Michael Finkel asked him that. Like, did you at any point were like, am I missing out on something? Especially if you're reading books where people are talking about their lives, like they're starting families in this book. You never thought to yourself, maybe I want to start a family or do something. So Michael
0: Finkel asked the same question as me.
1: Oh yeah, you're a good (laughs) reporter. (laughs) So Christopher told him, I mean, I didn't even venture, like he's saying he didn't even venture out of his tent for a night. Because if he wanted to travel, he would just read a book. He would travel through the book.
0: Yeah, I mean, my grandpa says the same thing.
1: If he wanted to have a conversation or experience love, he could do it through the book. He's kind of cool. He's kind of cool. I mean, it seems like the way that he says these things, Christopher didn't really like communicating with people. He didn't like conversations. He didn't really like building these relationships. I think it gave him a great deal of anxiety. That's just my speculation. It gave him a lot of social anxiety, probably stress. And so he's like, why do I need to do any of that? I don't even enjoy it. Imagine you're just perpetually stuck on an elevator and you can only engage in small talk. I'm sure that's what he felt like. Maybe
0: Maybe that could be something then because... Maybe he has some anxieties. He's Mm -hmm. an introvert. He doesn't like to engage conversation. And then as the time goes by, it just gets greater and greater. And it becomes bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, he's like, I don't want to (laughs) interact with any human being at this point. At any cost. So I can just, I'm just just stuck in my little tent and Mm -hmm. that's it.
1: Even animals. Because
0: Michael Finkel
1: asked, did you ever think about getting a pet? You know, you're telling me you saw some bunnies hopping around. There's got to be like a stray dog domesticate a wolf why don't you you're probably bored i mean that's 27 years right and he said that he didn't want to be in a position where uh food was scarce and he had a choice do i eat my pet or not so he decided no pets so he had no emotional attachment and that's when he says well i had a pet mushroom it was a mushroom that he cared about he cared so much about this mushroom that he kept asking the police and michael finkel how's the mushroom doing like he genuinely cared about this mushroom This mushroom was his emotional attachment.
0: Fascinating.
1: What's even more fascinating is that three people knew about his campsite before he was caught. Three people. A grandpa... His son and his grandson decide that they're going to go fishing. So they go to the little pond. They're doing their, and by the way, little pond is a very, not a great description. It's a really big lake, I assume, right? So they go to the little pond and they start fishing and they start hearing some noises. And they're looking around, they're talking. Christopher hears them from his campsite. They're alarmingly close. People haven't been this close. Mm -hmm. So he decides, I got to go investigate. It's better than them finding my house. I got to go out and maybe bump into them, act like I'm a hiker, so he walks out of his tent starts kind of getting closer trying to be stealthy and they turn around and before he can duck they make eye contact so he straightens himself up and they wave hi at him they say hey now Christopher looks scared so the family they're like showing them oh it's like a fishing hook it's not like a rifle or anything like we're not hunting we're fishing he takes out his hands from his pockets and waves them too to show I don't have weapons either and it seemed like Immediately, the grandpa of the group knew who this was. That is the North Pond Hermit. The story is true. The urban legend is true.
0: Wait, how does he know?
1: He just had a feeling.
0: And how it was this hit him in the story gut. told?
1: Oh, wait, right? So it hits him in the gut. And he looks at Christopher, and I think maybe Christopher was catching on to this mm-hmm. because he decides, what can I do to try to save this? And he bows. He bows at him. And the family bows back. And they walk away.
0: No And the way. grandpa
1: told his son and told his grandson, listen, we have to leave him alone. He's not hurting anyone. He's here for a reason. He just doesn't want to deal with people. This guy needs to be left unbothered. They make a pact. They don't tell anyone that they saw the North Pond Hermit. Nobody would turn him in. The family did tell Michael Finkel that it was really hard to try not to go back. Not that they wanted to tell the police, but they wanted to go back and like hear him out. I mean, this is a crazy story. It's been decades. What have you been doing? Have you been here for decades? But they respected his space. They never went back. They came forward after he was arrested.
0: Wow.
1: And even then, the grandpa of the group, he stated, he told the press, if I had a million dollars, I would buy the biggest plot of land and give it to this man so that he could just live the way he wanted. That's just all he wanted, to live in quiet, in peace, away from the rest of the world. That's it.
0: You know what's interesting is I feel like there are a lot of people who want to live that kind of life.
1: Yes, I feel like, uh, come on, we got to think about it at least like yeah. once a week, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, But the problem is, obviously, how do you survive? Mm-hmm. How do you feed yourself? So I feel like he could have, I mean, obviously, he left really young, right? High school. Mm-hmm. But if he was a little bit more well-rounded in society, he could have found some ways to... Make it you work know, Somehow get a land Get a small little land And kind of feed them himself You know what I mean Buy like, a plot c-
1: of land yeah. Go off grid
0: Instead of breaking into everybody's house
1: That's what I think that's why people had a problem yeah, yeah It's almost like you have so much sympathy Because I mean Who hasn't thought about it Who hasn't thought about like Oh how would life be without All of this technology So It's weird They arrest the guy For burglary And theft And his first night spent indoors For the past 27 years Would be in prison And that is when the show began reporters, journalists, authors, poets, women who would write letters wanting to marry the hermit without knowing anything about him, you know, because love is love. Love is strange. People offered to let him live on their property. They're like, I've got so many acres. Just come live in my house. I'll give you my whole house. Just live in my house. Kick me out. Evict me. People wanted to pay his bill. They wanted to raise money for him. It was wild. Teams of documentary people were just coming up, knocking on the jail doors like, we want a documentary. And there were so many questions. Who is this guy? People start talking. I bet he saw some aliens. I bet he knows some shit. I bet the CIA was after him and they're going to try to cover for this and just say he's a hermit now. Oh, but he knows something. You think he's running from the government? A foreign government? Oh, maybe he knows. Maybe he knows something that we don't know. Maybe he knows that there's going to be an apocalypse and he's getting a head start. Maybe all of the actual civilized cities are going to fall. Maybe we're going to get bombed. And so he's just out in the woods. All of this is going out outside of prison. And according to prison interviews with Michael Finkel, he said that Christian Knight was absolutely miserable in prison. He hated it, felt anxious, nervous, tired. But at the same time, Christopher does claim that he deserved to be in jail. He wanted the appropriate punishment. He didn't want anyone to go easy on him because he did hurt a lot of people. He stopped shaving. He didn't eat as much. It just never... uh, This is a direct quote more damage has been done to my sanity in jail in the matter of months than years and decades in the woods so michael finkel gets intrigued by this he flies from montana to maine and starts seeing him in jail and it's almost like christopher had to push the words out of his mouth christopher also never did the things that you would expect a quote-unquote normal person to do he never tried to fill the silence The silence would get so uncomfortable at these visits that Michael Finkel wanted to prove to Christopher like he I I can be silent, too. But it was just so hard. Like you can't out silence Christopher.
0: I love that. I just I love this.
1: He didn't like looking at people's faces. He didn't do social cues. Really, he would just say whatever was on his mind. And every sentence, it looked like he had thought about it before he said it. So there was a bluntness to it. So for example, Michael was like, oh, well, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I've got a son named Beckett. And Chris is like, ugh, terrible. Why did you name him that? He's going to hate you when he gets older. No smile, no joking, just straight-faced. And so finally, he starts opening up, and he tells Michael, everyone wants me to be this enduring, warm person, filled with friendly hermit wisdom, just spouting off fortune cookie lines from my hermit house. But that's just not what it is. I mean, he seems woke. Christopher seems confused at the idea of like, why are people, why are young people sitting in an office just like during your prime years, staring at a computer? That makes no sense. I mean, I guess for what? In exchange for money? That's fine. But Christopher lived for a living. That's what the book said. Christopher lived for a living. So it's a very different thing. But he also states, I wasn't consciously judging society or myself. I just chose a different path. Now, as the trial is upcoming, I mean, people were pissed. Some people in the community wanted him to get maximum punishment. Their kids were terrified because their summer cabins were broken into. Sleepless nights. They felt violated. Why didn't he just hunt? Why didn't he fish for food? It's not about what he stole, but he he stole this sense of mind, like sense of peace from us. Mm -hmm. He's a fraud too. There was a huge group of people that believed there's no way he actually lived in the woods. He was clean. He doesn't smell. He's doing this to get sympathy. He's trying to get a book deal out of this crime he's disgusting there's no way 27 years oh and he can still talk no I don't buy it for one minute but the police they bought it like they went to his place they did not think that this was a lie and I think it's hard to believe because human brains are wired for connection because connection builds happiness I mean we've all heard loneliness kills right but on the contrary Chris would actually tell Michael I wanted to laugh in prison because they use solitary confinement as like the highest deepest punishment right His whole thing was, he wants to be in solitary confinement. Put me in solitary confinement. He's laughing at the idea that prison uses this as the deepest punishment.
0: That is crazy. He
1: begged for solitary confinement. Has he gotten one? No. I mean, eventually he got his own cell, but it wasn't like solitary confinement. Wow. Crazy.
0: That is crazy.
1: He did not like talking to people. He only said like, no, yes, please. Thank you. That was about it. Now, a lot of people, on the other hand, were very sympathetic. Even the director of the Pine Tree Camp, which was where he stole the most from, said that if I probably caught him in the act, I'd let him go, probably. I don't hate the guy, you know, like he did what he thought he had to do. The owner of the private property where he set up his camp Mm -hmm. said, it's nothing to be mad about. If I caught him, I probably would have let him be. I I wouldn't have evicted him. I wouldn't even have called the police. Wow. So there was just a lot of, you know, confusing stuff going on. Now, the family, the Knight family, Chris's dad had actually passed away while he was in the woods, but his mom and his siblings were alive and they were really upset at the fact that he had committed crimes. They also were upset with the fact that they didn't know if he was dead or alive for the past 27 years. So Chris pleads guilty to 13 counts of burglary. The stolen items list were batteries, food, soda, a pair of jeans, a book, $40. Like the list goes on with the most mundane. Who even burglarizes homes for this? And he received a sentence of 7 months in prison and psychological counseling and he has to call his case manager daily and appear in court once a week for progress updates for an entire year. If he doesn't, he can face up to 7 years in prison. But he actually got through it. And you're thinking what I'm thinking, okay? Like this guy's I know he said that he doesn't have this hermit wisdom, but there's got to be something This is what he told Michael Finkel during his 27 years. Never for a moment was he bored. I did examine myself. Solitude did increase my perception, but here's the tricky thing. When I implied my increased perception to myself, I lost my identity with no audience, no one to perform for. I was just there. There was no need to define myself. I became irrelevant. The moon was my minute hand. The seasons were my hour hand. I didn't even have a name. I never felt lonely. To put it romantically, I was completely free.
0: That was so good. Because
1: he reads a lot.
0: That was so good.
1: And so, you know, Michael kept saying, well, do you have a lesson for all of us? All of us barbarians with our little iPhones and TikTok scrolling every point two seconds. By the way, I'm one of them, right? He said, do you have a lesson? And he just looked at him and said, get enough sleep. And that was that. That was his lesson for 27 years. Where is years. he now?
0: What is he doing?
1: He's in Maine. It, I mean, it looks like he's definitely not online, okay? <laughs> definitely not being interviewed. He's
0: probably having a lot of trouble, right?
1: Yeah, he never really sent an email, never talked on the phone or anything. He actually mentioned that technology was uh, going back.
0: That was so good what he just said. Could you say that one more time? Because it's <laughs> really, I, I, it's kind of blowing my mind so right he
1: now. He said, I did examine myself. Solitude did increase my perception. But here's the tricky thing. When I applied my increased perception to myself, I lost my identity. With no audience, no one to perform for, I was just there. There was no need to define myself. I became irrelevant. The moon was my minute hand, the seasons, the hour hand. I didn't even have a name. I never felt lonely. To put it romantically, I was completely free honey you go into the woods
0: (laughs) (laughs) if i'm gone one day
1: (laughs) 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 and then i i come out tomorrow he's like set up a camp in our backyard (laughs) i'm like this is not what christopher knight meant okay (laughs) wow it technically it is a crime it's a very big crime yes but it's it's a wild one and I think it's very it's very telling that he didn't come out with this wisdom. Like this feels so transparent and vulnerable. He doesn't want to tell the world, "Hey, this is what you guys should do because I had solitude and I could I can figure out the solution to all your problems."
0: Can you relate to him in any percentage or not, or not really? Can you under, can you feel like do you do you see where he's go- coming from or
1: Yes, I feel it. Sometimes I do get overwhelmed with technology or I do get overwhelmed with like Overthinking everything So the idea of like Being in a place where I don't have I think, to think about that I think that.
0: that's a little different Like from what I'm yeah. feeling Like there's a percent There's a like Like a voice in me That's like
1: do it <laughs> I, I, can,
0: I get it mm. I, I feel like there's probably A lot of maybe I don't know I, I want to say maybe Introverts or some There's a certain type of personality Can relate to What he's gone through
1: Probably I feel like there's Yeah a good yeah. amount of people out there That's like this is my dream
0: Yeah because this is hitting home
1: <laughs> <for me>. <laughs> <laughs> See I, I like it But I think I think I'm one of those annoying people I think I, we practice a lot of solitude It's just you and me and you guys Most of the time But we don't really go out and hang out with a bunch of people Yeah, I think that's like my I like that
0: But that's still too much for yeah. me sometimes Oh really <laughs>
1: So uh, are, Is this me? Are you trying to say something to me? <laughs> How do you guys feel? Do you feel like without the thievery, without the burglaries, is this what you would dream of? Is this something that you think about often? You're like sitting at work. You're like, this is, this is what I want. This is my mental escape. And would you ever do it? Let me know. And I hope you guys enjoyed today's mini-sode. And I will see you guys on Wednesday for the main episode. Bye.